Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I am joined by the one and only Phil the Thrill Langham from London. Phil is, uh, is, is responsible for uh, emerging market investment uh, with RBC Global Asset Management. Uh, Phil, uh, welcome back. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Dave. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. You're uh, you're looking fine. This is just an audio broadcast, but I can tell everyone that Phil is looking uh, Phil is looking sharp over there in the UK today. But what everyone really wants to know is how sharp is uh, our emerging markets going to look this year? Uh, we've got lots of stuff going on in China, uh, from government policy to issues in different parts of the economy. Uh, we've got uh, the U.S. dollar bouncing all over the place. We've got lots of things happening in different emerging markets. And I'm sure you, you, you always educate around the, the, the wide range of emerging markets. But, but pull it all together. What are you thinking about? What are you looking at? And what kind of year do you think we're going to have in, in, in this area of the market? Well, Dave, yeah, you're right. China is extremely important. And emerging markets were really dragged down by China last year. China was... Um, the weakest of, of all the markets last year, really hit by two key factors. So first of all, uh, regulatory uh, uncertainty, and secondly, by tight policy, which really caused um, a slowdown in growth. Um, in terms of uh, regulation, that really impacted the internet sector. Um, and the internet sector is very significant in China. It represents almost 50% of, of the index. Um, the rules that we saw, we feel very much made sense. They were geared at um, areas such as competition, uh, supporting customers, supporting employees, um, the sorts of regulations that we think ultimately will occur um, in, in the developed world. Um, we very much feel that we've come towards the end of those, uh, of, 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 those um, of that regulatory hit that we're going to see. Um, from here, returns are likely to be lower for internet companies, but we don't think we're likely to see any more significant negative regulations. And then in terms of um, growth, um, in contrast to what we see in the developed world, monetary policy has been very tight in, in China. We are now starting to see signs of loosening. We've seen interest rate cuts. We've seen targeted aims um, at growth in areas such as infrastructure. And we feel that that's likely to continue. So whereas uh, in the developed world, uh, the case for seeing much tighter policy, for seeing interest rate rises from here is, is very strong, we're almost likely to see the opposite in China. Now, we don't expect mm. to see aggressive loosening. Um, we think that China is wary of having too much debt, but we do feel that in targeted areas, so um, areas such as renewable energy, electric vehicles, independent technology, we are likely to see uh, government to su support <laughs> and we are likely to see an improvement in growth. Um, outside of China, what we saw last year was that US dollar strength that you touched on, Dave, um, was a real overhang. And the US dollar has been strong for most of the last decade and generally within emerging markets. Emerging markets don't tend to perform well uh, when you see US dollar strength. But we do feel that from here, um, the case for uh, the dollar to start to weakening um, is, is very strong. Um, we saw extremely aggressive 
um, balance sheet expansion by the Fed. Um, we've seen very loose monetary policy, very strong growth in, in money supply. We also have a rally in the US dollar that looks quite extended, both in terms of duration um, and degree. And if you look at the valuation, particularly of emerging market currencies, they do look particularly attractive now. Um, outside of uh, currency, um, we see um, a, good, a good case for emerging markets really driven by an improvement in earnings and relative uh, GDP growth from cyclically low levels, um, driven by productivity improvements, structural reforms and, and growth-friendly policies. And the valuation case for emerging markets, particularly compared to developed markets, um, after several years of underperformance, um, is, is, is also very strong in terms of where we are at the moment. And, 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 and Phil, is, is the, is, is, are we going to see a split or have we already seen a split between the emerging markets uh, that, that are much more reliant on stronger commodity prices versus those emerging markets that, that, that don't have those big resource bases? So, you know, Brazil, Russia versus uh, some of the other emerging markets? Well, we have seen some of the commodity uh, markets do much better. We've certainly seen commodity sectors do much better, so areas yep. such as energy and materials. What we would say is that in general, we think the case for more cyclical areas, more value-orientated areas to do better is very strong given the recovery that, that we are seeing. But I'd say that in particular, we feel that the case for extremely expensive stocks, so the most expensive sort of 10 or 20% of stocks to um, underperform is, is very strong. <clears throat> the valuation of these stocks is, is um, extremely high. Uh, and given the move that we're seeing in, in bond yields, these are the sorts of stocks that, that tend to underperform. And we've actually started to see that um, particularly in developed markets, actually, at the start of this year, um, we've seen these very expensive stocks um, start to underperform. We feel that there's a strong case for more of a middle sort of stocks. So stocks with um, decent return on equity, good quality stocks, but stocks trading at re reasonable valuation levels. We would tend to be more cautious on extremely cheap stocks stocks um, often but don't meet their cost of capital. But we feel this sort of middle ground, decent quality, sensible valuations, that that is uh, really the, the, the best area to be at the moment. So, so Phil, just one last question. We, we, uh, here, here in North America, uh, the big headline, economic headline in Canada, the US is around inflation. Uh, what, how, how do you think about inflation? Is, is, that, is that a big issue in emerging markets? And how does it impact uh, the way you think about investing in emerging markets in the coming year? Um, well, as we've seen in, in the developed world, um, inflation has been coming down in, in most emerging markets, but has been starting to tick up. One country where inflation isn't an issue is, is China, because policy has been pretty tight. Um, there are always one or two countries that tend to uh, be more impacted than, uh, than, than, than others from an inflation point of view. Traditionally, it's been um, the fragile five, so Brazil, South Africa, Indonesia, India and, and Turkey. 
Of those, we, we do feel that many of them have seen substantial improvements, improvements in their current account, um, improvements in, in their reserves. Probably the most vulnerable country at the moment is Turkey, but Turkey really represents yeah. very small parts um, of, of emerging markets. Um, we would say that perhaps the area to be most concerned about is, is, is what I've talked about just before, the very expensive stocks that if we start to see inflation and therefore um, a rise in bond yields, um, will be more vulnerable from, from a valuation point of view. So our feeling is that the main impact of, of inflation will be on these extremely expensive stocks. That's, that's great. And, and Phil, I'm, I, I hate to tell you, I lied to you. I have one more question. Yeah. Because I know whenever we get a chance to, to connect, and we haven't for a couple of years now, uh, so, so I miss seeing you. Uh, but you, you always have uh, an, an interesting, we always, we always come through the conversation and you, you, you share a particular country or area that you think is really exciting given economic conditions, what's going on in that country. Uh, what, what, what country or, or area you're looking at right now that really excites you that maybe, maybe is, off, again, off the beaten track for, for, for a lot of investors? Um, well, our favorite country at the moment is um, India. Um, we see much faster growth in India than in all other markets. Penetration is still relatively low in, in a lot of um, different areas. Um, we also see very strong reform agenda in um, India, so areas such as um, demonetization, um, <clears throat> goods and services tax, deregulation of labor and, and foreign direct investment. Um, but one thing that we see in India that, that is really significant at the moment is a new CapEx cycle. So um, really, we've seen a multi-year hiatus in, in CapEx um, in, in India, but that's changing lots of signs that CapEx is, is picking up. And we think that that's going to be extremely important for future growth. Wow, that is uh, that that is really interesting. That, that's that's a big country to have as your uh, as your favorite. So uh, that that can that can do a lot of heavy lifting for for economic growth all around the world. If uh, absolutely if, if that if that plays out, yeah. So Phil, I, as always, hey, thank you. Uh, great great to see you at least virtually. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully we'll see you in the not too distant future face to face. Thanks for thanks for your time today. I know how busy you are. Thanks. Great catching up. Thanks very much, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions. RBC Global Asset Management is the asset management division of Royal Bank of Canada, RBC, which includes RBC Global Asset Management, Inc., RBC Global Asset Management, U.S., Inc., RBC Global Asset Management UK Limited, RBC Global Asset Management Asia Limited, and Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which are separate but affiliated subsidiaries of RBC.